Today, I want to talk about the force of Issachar. I wanted to tell you to tell all your Issachar force people to come here. The force of Issachar. Amen. Tell somebody the force of Issachar. When we read First uh, Corinthians chapter 12, the verse 32, we see something about Issachar. Issachar is one of the sons of, but let me, let me read, let's read this and I'll pick it from there. First Chronicles, sorry. Did I say Corinthians? Sorry, Chronicles. Corinthians, Chronicles, they are the first issues. First Chronicles chapter 12, 32. Shall we stand for the reading of the scriptures? Wow. I thought somebody is sitting at the, listen, okay, let's go on. And of the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do, the hairs of them were two hundred, and all their brethren were at their commandment. And the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times, to know what Israel ought to do. The hairs of them were 200, and all their brethren were under their command. Amen. Amen. Shall we be seated? Now, when you read the scripture the way it is, you will, there's a lot of assumptions you will make. Uh, but when you read the whole of uh, First Chronicles, chapter 12 the whole of chapter 12 from the verse 1 and even beyond when you go to chapter 11 bit, you will notice that it was time for Judah to go to war or the Israelites to go to war and normally God chooses the soldiers from the tribes they have 12 tribes Issachar is one tribe Issachar is one of the tribes so, God commands them to bring their men who are going to war. Now, when you read that place, you will notice that all the tribes, none of them had less than thousands. Thousands. None of them. Issachar alone had 200. The smallest group. And they were not taking just the population. They were taking the heads. The heads. Now, some people believe that the heads they are talking about were just the 200 heads commanding the, the rest of the tribe. But no, it was they were going to war. It's not everybody that goes to war. So they were the heads, 200 heads they are taking to join other heads, which were thousands and thousands to go for the war. But the Bible says that Issachar's strength was in the fact that they had understanding of the times. Now, when you look at the thing, like I said, if you read the whole of chapter 12, you will notice that every tribe was described with military, some military power and might. This tribe had this, and they were that, and they were good at this, and they were able to do that. Every tribe, they tried to tell you what the tribe was there for, what they can do. 
they are noted for this, they are noted for that. It's like today when they talk to you about the Israeli, they tell you that one of their might is Air Force. The Israeli Air Force is the best in the whole world. America doesn't come here, in fact, they go to train them. And then also they have this squad in Israel, which can come into your country and do anything and go away. And you will know. They were the ones who went to Entebbe Airport and rescued their people and destroyed the whole airport and rescued their people and flew away. They were the ones who went and arrested. Who, which man was that they arrested and put him in a cage and carried him? No, this guy, this Turkish man. They, you know, they have peace treaty with Turkey. Or the, uh, uh, this Turkish man who was in charge of this year, rebel Hura, they went and arrested him, put him in a cage, put him in a plane and sent him. <laughs> sent him alive, went and gave him to Turkey. And they sat down quietly. Nobody knew they did it. Those guys are something. So when they are talking about that, they say Israel has the best of that. Okay, so this is what I'm talking about. So when you look at the chart, that is the way they were described. All right. So it's, it's very important for you to see the way the armies were described. And then when it got to 32, Issachar, they were, their heads were 200. They are the only group that didn't pass 1,000. But they had, they had they, there is no military description of them. They just described them as understanding the times. They had understanding of the times where they were. So because of that, all their brethren were under their command. That means they became the commanders of the whole army. In spite of the fact that they didn't have the kind of military armories and descriptions that were given to the others. But because they had understanding of the times, knowing what Israel ought to do, all the other soldiers of the tribes were under their command. It means that what God is saying is that they became the commanders. Now that tells you a lot. And that's the way the world is. If you are very spiritual, and I'm going to make some very hot statement. If you are very spiritual and you don't relate the thing to your ability to handle things around you, you will not have a place. Listen, you, you must be spiritual and still be relevant on earth. Spirituality is the highest state of life. But it doesn't mean when you are spiritual, you must become anything. The other day I was telling the, the students, you don't become spiritual and be failing exams. And when they tell you, you say, you are reading your Bible. <laughs> no, no, no. You don't. Now, after failure, it can come to anybody because you may not be understanding the subject. That's okay, but it's not because you are spiritual. That's why you are failing. That's all I'm trying to say. Am I talking to somebody? No, you should not be failing in things because you think you are spiritual. So we are talking about spirituality. But I want you to understand that if you are spiritual and you don't bring it to your daily life to, to be able to understand the things around you and to handle things around you, you will be behind. People will rule over you. 
Did I hear an amen? amen? Some people will have to rule you. Amen. But Issachar, they had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. Anybody who has understanding and knows what people ought to do, people will follow you. <laughs> no, no, no. If you are somebody in your profession, and you have deep understanding of this, and you know how to maneuver, people will follow you. Your boss will look at you. Your boss will like you. Your boss will draw you closer to him. He will raise your salary and raise your position because you always know what to do. But if you are there, and everything they have to tell you, even when they have told you, you don't understand. You are making a mistake. Very soon, if they have somebody to lay off, they will be thinking about you. May that never be your portion. I said, may that never be your portion. Listen to me. I want you to understand that you can be spiritual and still be powerful on earth. Spirituality doesn't reduce you at all. At best, it enhances your life. Because you are total in the spirit realm and you must be total on earth also. Can I hear an amen from somebody? So here is, so we are talking about Issachar, the force of Issachar. But let me, let me talk to you about Issachar. Issachar was the fifth son of Leah. Leah is the, the wife of, let me say the first wife of uh, Jacob by default. He became first. He was not the one <laughs> Jacob wanted. Jacob was working for Rachel. And then they cornered him and gave him Leah. And he took Leah like that. And then worked again to get what he wants. Now, that is the, that is the, the silly aspect of polygamy. There is no polygam, polygamy where the man says he loves the women equally. It's never true. I'm from a polygamous house and I can tell you. It's never true. They lie. Kona kona de. Kona kona leo. They know the one they like. They just pretend to be okay. They are lying. That's why God doesn't want that because you become a liar. My father was a polygamist. My uncles, a, a lot of people around me in our family, extended family, are polygamous, polygamous family. And I've seen it. I've seen it. So here, when Leah, and Leah was rather the one giving birth. And the Bible gives a very funny statement. It says that God, God opened the womb of Leah. And Leah started producing. And when Leah produced, he produced and kept producing and kept producing. And Rachel was not producing. So Rachel went and gave his mate to also get one. And then Leah also pushed his mate and also got. So the mate got you too. And then the man was not going back to Leah. Rachel told the man, don't go to that woman again. She's becoming too powerful with children. Stay with me alone. Don't go. And Jacob listened. Somebody said, where do you see it? It's there. But it's not stated as I'm saying. So Leah's son went out and brought mandrakes. It's a fruit of a particular tree. And when he brought them, Rachel saw 
and said, oh, I need some of this mandate. Then Leah told my Rachel, so is it enough for you to seize my husband and come and seize my mandate too? Then give me the husband and take the mandate. And Rachel said, okay, tonight he will be with you. And he gave her some of the mandate. That's why I said polygamy is not correct. Amen. So, immediately Jacob was coming from the field. Rachel, uh, Leah met Jacob and said, Tonight is my turn because your wife has given me permission. I have hired you with my mandrakes <laughs> to sleep with me today. And I'm sure the man checked from the, uh, Rachel and he said, yeah, it's true. He gave me some mandrakes. He has hired you to go. So he went. And when he went, Leah conceived again. That's his fifth son, which he called Issachar. Which means the reward for my high. I've been rewarded for, for, for my hiring. So that is. So, Issachar grew up knowing he was a reward for a hire. You know, you can grow up and everybody tells you that you, you are not supposed to be part of the family. It was just a mistake that you came in. No, no, there are children who are told point blank. These days, those things are, have reduced. But I remember we were in school with a gentleman, a young boy. Holy days, he doesn't want to go home. So one day they asked him. He said his half-brothers maltreat him in the house. That is, that is Issachar. So Issachar rose up and realized that. Now, because Issachar realized that, look, the way I am, even my mother's children, I'm not close to the top. If it comes to people to take over, I'll be far. I'll be very, very far. I'll be very far. It will be difficult for me to, to rise up and get to that point. So I have to do something. That is where Issachar built his sin. Now, when you look at it from... Uh, I want you now to go to the, the scripture I want, to, I want you to look at. Uh, uh, Genesis chapter 49. Genesis chapter 49. Verse 14 to 15. 49, 15, 14 to 15. Issachar is a strong ass couching down between two beddings. Issachar is a strong ass Couching down between two beddings. Issachar is a strong donkey that is always ready to bow to carry beddings. Two beddings are on the shoulder of Issachar. Verse 15. And he saw that rest was good and the land that it was pleasant and bowed his shoulders to bear and became a servant unto tribute. Issachar, fifth born of Leah. He rises up and realizes that, look, I was a hired, I came by hiring. And among my father's children, I'm far from the top. 
He's just almost like Jabez, who was named like that. Those days, their names followed them. But Issachar decided to live a certain life. So at the time when Jacob was going to die, Jacob looked at Issachar, and this was the pronunciation, the blessing he put on him. He is a strong donkey, ass, couching between two beddings. Why? Because he saw that rest was good. He saw that to rest was good. Say to rest is good. Listen to me. <laughs> he saw something far. If I don't do something now, that rest which is good, I cannot rest. This evening, when I read this thing, no, no, it was yesterday. When I read this thing, yesterday, Connie, I prayed. I said, Lord, this is my last few years of strength. Let me work for rest. No, 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 I'm telling you something. And I want you to, to he saw the rest would be good. And that the land was pleasant. So what did he do? He bowed his shoulders to bear the burdens and to become a servant unto tribute. It's better to become a servant now so that when you are old, you are not a servant. No, if you know the rest you want. Listen, I have seen many people who refuse to be servants. They are fighting to be bosses when they should be servants. Now it's better. Now that you are strong, it's better for you to be done when you are old. When the rest must come, and you cannot have good rest. So this attitude is what I call the force of Issachar. He saw ahead. What are you seeing ahead? What are you seeing ahead? For your children and for your wife. I was talking to a young man, one of us, yesterday. I said, today, things look fine. What is that? What is? Translate that for your wife and your children. Are you hearing me? He saw ahead. The rest will be good. And that the land is pleasant. So he was ready to bow his shoulders now. So Issachar is a strong ass. Couching between two beddings. He decided to become a slave. To bear the beddings now. Because the rest will be good for him. Listen. Issachar's attitude. Is what I call the force. Of Issachar. The reason why we call our people the for, uh, Isaka Force is because they must have an attitude of the future when they are praying. What do you normally see when you open your eyes? When you rise up in the morning, what do you see? And what are you working for? What are you working for? Some of you see me, I'll tell you something after this. What are you working for? What are you doing now? Oh, sorry, I would Young man like you. Young man like you. Young girl like you. We are Kakao's Abre. Now that. Eh? 
ahead. Push for your tomorrow. Tell somebody push for your tomorrow. When you see a woman in labor and is about to deliver, the pain, I haven't been there before, but I've seen it. The pain, at least the first one I was so attached was my brother's wife. A young girl, he went and impregnated. And they gave the girl to him. He married. First child. The lady was in hospital. My brother was not there. I went there. I heard her voice when I was getting to the place. Wailing. When I got there, he asked me, where's my brother? <laughs> and I stood there. I was confused. I, I was young. I, was, I just finished from four. I was just standing there like that, looking at her. And she was wailing. Where's my brother? Where's my brother? And I said, hey, I do insanity. Uh, of course, my mother's time, I never saw, saw anything. They would just go and the baby's there and we'll all go and look. So me, I never didn't know. It was this woman that really made me know that the thing is painful. Oh. But the joy of seeing the child is what makes every woman endure the pain so that she will see the baby. Listen to me. Listen to me. There are times you must forego some things today. In order to, even spiritually, you can forgo things today for your spiritual betterment tomorrow. It's not everything you must have. It's not everything you must have now. I must have that phone. You will have it. But tomorrow, we'll see where you'll be. Am I talking to somebody at all? I must have it. I must get it. I must also be there. I must also do it. I will also be there. I'll, no, 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 no. Listen. Be like Issachar. For he saw that rest was good. Say rest is good. Yes. And that rest will be good. So today, he decided, let me work for that rest. Let me labor for that rest. Let me bear the burden for that rest. May God bring you into your rest. But you may have to labor now for that rest. The Bible says it in Hebrew. That we must labor to enter into that rest which is ahead of us. Labor to enter. Labor to enter into that race. Amen. Hallelujah. Mommy and I went to hospital. We went to check ourselves in the U.S. And this doctor friend of ours, he said, I don't get enough sleep. I said, doctor, I'll try. But I've wasted many years. I have to catch up. I said, doctor, I'll try. But I've wasted many years. I have to catch up. So I will try my best, but I can't sleep like you want me to sleep. I have wasted many years. I have to catch up. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Listen, you may not be having anything to be doing with your hand now, but there is something you can do. I have one scripture I can give you. There is profit in every labor. Did you hear that? There is profit in every labor. Anything you labor about, you may not get the salary now, but profit will come tomorrow. No, no, no. Find something to do. Find something to be laboring about. Just find something to do. Let your hands find something to do. Labor now. It may not give you money now, but tomorrow it will give you something. That's why sometimes I tell the young boy, don't put money ahead of, of, of knowledge you will acquire when you are working. You can choose to be attached to somebody and be working without even, if he's giving money, you say, no, I didn't come here for money. I just want you to teach me. And labor as if he's paying you. And see what will happen. Tomorrow, 
it will pay. But don't go to any place. First of all, money that you want. If you want to be a businessman, I tell you, go and follow businessmen. And work for them as if they are paying you, even if they are paying you nothing. And open your eyes. Nigerians will say, shine your eyes. And learn! Because that labor you are putting, God will never let any labor go free. God will, God forbid, it will never be a waste. It will never be a waste. Even when you have forgotten it, God will bring it and bring the reward. Issachar, he looked ahead. Saw rest. Saw that the land will be good. And he said, I will willingly bring down my shoulders. You know, when we say our prayer force is prayer, what we are saying is that it's like a force. What we are saying, let's pray now the things we want to see tomorrow. So don't turn that thing into only deliverance. Pray for the future of families, of founding a chapel, of individual lives, of our children, of our future, of our tomorrow. He bowed his shoulders to bear and became a servant. So Jacob, Jacob laid hands on the man and said, this man is a strong ass. And he crouches between two beds. You know the way the donkeys carry things. How many of you know the way the donkeys carry things? They put a rope or a stick on it. And they hang heavy load here and hang heavy load here. And the ass will move. When you put it on a horse, that's the end. A horse can't. A mule can't. Mule, mule is the cross between horse and donkey. The donkey is slow, but it can carry burdens. The horse is fast, it can't carry anything. It can only carry human beings. When you put two heavy people on a horse, it will collapse. Put ten people on a, on a donkey, it will move. The only thing is that it may not go fast, but it will get there. So he said, he's a strong ass. And he's ready to couch between two beddings. Why? Because he saw that the, there was rest in the land. May you see something that will let you labor today. Listen, when you are praying, be futuristic in your prayer. Rather than what you eat now. No, 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 I would eat. So that's be futuristic. Think about tomorrow, and and pray for your tomorrow. Don't, don't be thinking about now. When you sow a seed, it is like you have dropped it into the into the sun. But the farmer is always hopeful that this seed, though I'm hungry, let me take care of it. Let me weed it. Let me make the mount. Let me continue. Hungry, let me work. Hungry, let me work. Hungry, let me work. When you go to some of these places in the north, by the time they take the seed and put that, they, they have no meal. Every day, you go and see them hungry. That's the time they grow lean, and yet they are working. Because they know that if they work now, the food will come. May you work for your tomorrow. May you be ready to, to bear burdens now. Listen to me. Can you go through some things now? 
Anybody who wants a good future, you must be ready to go through some things now. Very unpleasant things now. I'm not calling for it, but if it comes on you, be ready to go through it. Today we have turned Christianity into a happy, going, sweet thing. So people are not ready to endure. Endurance is not there again. We are just ready. No, sometimes endurance will have to come. All of us have endured one or two things before. And endurance is part of our work, our work, sorry. Our work in the Christ. Endurance is part of it. Upomone. That's the Greek word. Endurance. Or is it macrotumia? Which is upomone is endurance. Macrotumia is patience. Sometimes the English word, they combine the two, but they are different. Patience is not the same as endurance. You can be patiently waiting without enduring. But endurance includes patience because it's a hard thing that you have to deal with. That's hupomone. Macrotumia is patience. But sometimes the English version, they just put them together. You don't realize it. But endurance is part of the work of a believer. Can I hear you say amen? amen. There are times it is the dry season and God expects you to walk. So Paul looked at himself and said, I know how to abase and I also know how to abound. That means there are seasons of lack. Say seasons of lack. Come on, come on say seasons of lack. Can you abase yourself? Now, seasons of lack, you still want to eat three meals. And your children should eat how many meals? <laughs> if you are a father and you are in seasons of lack, learn to eat one and let your children eat two. Who said A? <laughs> Who said <"Yeah." laughs> uh, uh, and uncle, when they were in secondary school, there used to be a girl who is a professor long. One day she was prophesying and people got fed up. I don't know whether you remember this. You were in Bulgaria. And people got fed up. And somebody said, ah. Then he stopped the prophet and said, who said? <laughs> who said? My children, my children. Who said? <laughs> people were fed up. Too long a prayer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But but listen. You cannot be a father. And when there's lack, you want to eat three meals. Let the children eat three meals and you eat one. You know, you need to endure. No, I like the men who hit their chest and tell their wives, I will take us out of this. No, no, no. I will take us out of this. I won't allow us to be this. I didn't bring you into this marriage for this. I'll take you out of this. Connie, guess what? We had a very sweet call today. My wife and I, from Esther. I don't know the other name. Esther, who was with me? Young girl from Jirapa, who was with me? Esther called us today. We were so excited. We forgot in there. She was one lady who came to help us. She was asking for Phoebe. I said, Phoebe is delivered. He said, what? They baby nurse Phoebe. You know what I mean? I brought her some machine sewing mill, sew, uh, sewing, what do they call it? Sewing machine from Germany and gave to her and then she went to start. She's in Techima with seven children. And we said, Mama said, hey, why? He said, there are many here. My wife said, yeah. He said, it was not accident. It was by accident too. 
So my first husband died. Three children. Then the next one, we have four. He said, where is your husband? He said, he's in the bush working. Because there's no work. So he goes into the bush to work. And stays there for one month and come. I told her, that's a good husband. I said, but is it helping? He said, it's helping. When he brings money, we pay the children's school fees. I like men who hit their chest and say, listen, I will take you out of this problem. I like a woman who will say, this thing over my children, I must get us out of it. Listen to me. God is on your path. God is on your side. I beg your pardon. God will help you. But you must decide that you will bear the burden. You cannot be sleeping like that. Because there's no work. You are sleeping. When they go to, your wife goes to work and come, you are still sleeping. Say, well, they have not employed me. So you are sleeping. No, me, I think that, uh, let, me, let me be very frank with some of you here. I, I, think, I think that there are a lot of avenues around us we should look at. We should look at. There are a lot of avenues. If you open your eyes, you will see something. It may not be as glamorous as you want. But it will be something you will have to take to believe God. Amen. Am I talking to somebody? So, because he saw ahead, he built in himself the ability to be strong. So he said he's a strong ass. So in First Chronicles chapter 7, the verse 5, the Bible says, and this is another account God gives about, about he and his family. He said, and their brethren among all the families of Issachar were valiant men of might. Those people were not lazy. They built in themselves. They built in themselves. No, no, no. They built in themselves something. Amen. If you look at all the tribes in Ghana, you will see that every tribe has something they build in themselves. I can mention a few things. If you get a Degati man, I'm telling you, working hard, he will carry anything he wants to carry to get what he wants. He will go anywhere and work. He will go to the farms and weed. You want to see the work he has done for a day. You say, ah, is it a human being or a tractor? One man. If you get an Ashanti young boy who doesn't work and he decides to go into town, I'm amazed sometimes the way they live. And you see them pop, 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 pop. They are selling before you realize he has accumulated thousands and foolishly has gone to give it to somebody so that he will go to Libya. No, but if you can accumulate thousands of dollars here, it means you can do something with it. Why must you go and give it to somebody to go to Libya only to die on the way? No, I wonder how they raise those thousands and give it up and go to, to, to work to go to Libya. You can say that about every tribe. Something. But what do we say about the believer? The additional things God has given us. The fact that God can give you deep understanding. Now, because he was like that, he, his family was so strong. They were valiant men. That means they were bold and courageous, brave, stout-hearted, valiant soldiers. That is why all their brethren had to come under their command. 
Because they tell you that a commander of an army must be braver than everybody. He must be the last to leave. There was a, a, an Italian ship that crashed, remember, some years ago, around the coast of Tunisia or Libya. The captain has been in prison. He left the ship before the... <laughs> he ran away before. The captain is supposed to be the last person to leave the plane or to leave the ship. He must make sure everybody is part of their training. Everybody must leave. Even one person should not be there and you will leave. You'll be jailed. It's only in Ghana that captains can run away. I'm not talking about our army, but various captains of places. They will run away and leave you. Because nobody will jail them. Because we don't punish people. They will do it. And I'm not talking about flight army or captain or something. I'm just talking about normal captain of 18s. Am I talking to somebody? Now, now you, 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 you must understand. So they became the captains because they were brave. They were bold. They built in themselves that they are ready to, to take captains. And so they had understanding of the times. I wrote here some few things. I said, seeing ahead and considering the future helps you to develop and work hard to attain everything that will help you get to that future. You are ready to go through hard times today so that you can, be, you can have a soft time tomorrow. That is, is the force of Israel. You have so much understanding of your issues that nothing shakes you. My wife and I went to visit a certain brother and his wife who have a factory. We all know Tipa Foundation who are at Kotokue. He's the only, a very young man. They are in Church of Pentecost. He and his wife. He's the only person who is into this tomato puree production in Ghana. He's surrounded by Indians and Lebanese. And they are squeezing him. And some of the story, even the officials in Ghana want to get him out for foreigners. They go to him with every day with things. He said, Pastor, by the grace of God, we are doing the right thing, which these people are not doing. But still, they come to us and say, I say he tells them, check the things. They check right things. They say, look, we are still not satisfied. They say, well, come. If you are not satisfied, come. Ghanaian attitude. We will kill our own for a foreigner. That day, I was telling Pastor Kony, the day we arrived in the, in, and we're in the VIP lounge. I was sharpening my mouth for some man. He never came. I was really going to give him an answer. I was waiting for him to make, to make that statement. He came and said, I didn't hire my sir. Then he looked at me in some way and passed. And went, and went around and passed. I thought he would come and make that statement again. And I tell him, I'm a Ghanaian. I deserve here more than foreigners. Look at white people sitting here. I don't see anything. Why are you not looking at them? I'm a Ghanaian. I deserve here. I was sharpening my mouth. The man didn't come again. I would have thrown, I told, I told you, I would have thrown that peer at him, power sharp. I didn't hire myself. And the wives were sitting. They were giving them tea. I was waiting for that guy to come and pass again. One maybe you. They say, ah, I can't wait. No, I don't know. 
I think the devil advised him to leave because fire was waiting for him. No, 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 no. I was, I was ready to throw. And, and I, I don't care whether you are. I would have hit him hard, but I don't tell him. I said, why? Why do you talk and look at me? Am I the only person? Look at white people sitting here. I'm a Ghanaian. I deserve to be here. I would have given, and I don't care who he is. He should go anywhere. Listen, some of the things they go on him. But one of the things I like when we went to him and we're talking, I was talking about this man, Kwame and his wife. They are in recession. Because most of their cost, cost things have to be bought and sold. And most of the people who buy their capital are in these banks. So you mentioned your bank. He mentioned Indus Bank. He said, where they buy the things, that's where they deposit their monies. And they are locked up. They can't have them. He said, so we have stopped production. And we are trying to, to sell what we have. He said, Pastor, we were not meeting production. We were working extra to meet production every month. But now we have to stop. Then he said something. This is what I want you to understand. He said, but I know that in this time, God is opening our eyes to see what we can do. We must open our market beyond Ghana. Understanding of their times. The following day, I called him and I prayed with them there. The following day, I called him. When we went, the way they were, we talked to them, prayed for them. My wife, we leave. My wife said, oh, excitement has come to the people. I said, definitely. I prayed with them. Yesterday morning, I woke up and I said I was going to Auntie's shop. I was going to Pastor George's shop. I, I passed your place when I was coming. And I said, I'll go there. And where again? There, was, there were three places. I said, I have to go there. But I'll still come. Listen. He said, Pastor, in all these things, we are beginning, God is opening us. We are beginning to see. We must go outside Ghana. He said, and he said something in that one I was sad. He said, I wouldn't even mind to move this factory to Sierra Leone. I said, for that one, please. <laughs> because, you see, they are not beginning to explore wider. In the midst of recession, they are beginning to think wider. That is understanding the times. Don't let things that are happening to you now overcloud you that you can't see where God is sending you. Don't let it happen. Because you are a, a reward of a hire. You have to salary media. Are you understand what I'm talking? I don't know who I'm talking to, but I hope I'm being a blessing to you. And now for the young people. I want you to know something. You have a great future. Don't look at what is happening in Ghana. Ghana is not the world. I said Ghana is not what? I said Ghana is not what? And listen to me. Let me let you know. Let me let you know this. The earth is what God owns, not the world. And he brought you into the earth. Anything in the earth can work for you. Oh, I thought you would clap. So begin to take the force of Issachar. Say, I'm taking the force of Issachar. I'm going to be, I'm going to look ahead. And I'm going to work now. I'm going to put down something now. I'm going to labor now. I'm going to do something now in order to attain my tomorrow. Is somebody with me here? Is somebody with me? 
So they had understanding of the times. May God give you the understanding of the times. Yesterday, Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor, upon led us to pray a lot on understanding. Understanding, one of the things understanding makes you have is to know what to do. Understanding makes you know what to do. Period. You, can, you, have, you have, we have wisdom. But if you don't know what to do, you don't know even how to apply your wisdom. Understanding makes you know what to do. Say understanding. Makes me to know what to do. You see, in every situation, the power you have is to know what to do. What should I do? And don't be hasty about it. Don't be too reactive. Hey, no, there are things that come. Take your time. Pray. Cool your heart. Say, cool your heart. Tell somebody, cool your heart. Because when you are worried, eh, when you are worried, be anxious for nothing. Don't be worried about anything. When you are worried, the peace of God in your heart, you can't find it. And it's the peace of God in your heart that brings the understanding. Uh, where is it? Philippians chapter. Huh? 4 6. Put it on it. Let me show you something. Be anxious for nothing, be careful for nothing. Why did I always get this anxious? I thought some King James versions put the word anxious. All right. Be careful for nothing or be anxious for nothing. But in everything by what? And what? With what? Now, when you start thanking God for things, the state of things, your heart will go down. You see, a serious, what do you do? Just thank God for the state where you are. See, there is something better to thank God for than what is happening. God didn't say thank God for the fact that something bad has happened to you. But it says, in all things, give thanks. For that is the will of God concerned. In it. Once you find yourself in it, give thanks. For that is the will of God concerning you. So, with thanksgiving, let your, let your request be made known unto God. Verse 7. And the what? Which what? The peace of God is above all understanding. It brings some understanding that you cannot have will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So sometimes when things hit you and you are very anxious and worried and, and, and unsettled, you are losing the understanding to find the way out. When confusion sets up in a house and you get confused, you don't know the door. You can't find the door. A pastor, one of our GPC pastors said, fire set in his house around 3 a.m. <laughs> he said, what? When he spoke, 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 I said, I said, pastor, I've been there before. I understand you. They ran 
to the kitchen. <laughs> Only to realize is the kitchen they are inside. You now have to run to the door. <laughs> because when they came out, I saw the fire and the smoke. Confusion. Running to the door, they ran to the kitchen. And can you imagine those of us who lock our doors? This is you barricade yourself. And we go and keep the key somewhere. And sometimes the one who kept the key is not you. And some, some families, we don't even keep the key at one place or something. Tomorrow is here. You have to ask, where is the key? Then the bed will get better. So, <laughs> can you imagine confusion has happened? And you are now shouting, where is the key? No, I'm, I'm telling you something practical. So, I had to teach my children where, to, where the key should be. I won't only tell you. And how they should make it. Because not everybody who is correct here. Let me know. <laughs> the Bible says, when the children of God gather, Satan also entered. No, but are you not witness when they have been stealing our bags? Or what is it? Or we think because we are few. I cannot tell. I had to teach them where to leave the key and what to do to the key. Because in terms of this, when you get up, you are confused. It's like I say, ah, Kinwahe, the guy is sleeping, getting up. When you wake somebody up, I can hear you understand Kinwahe. He said they ran. So when, when your heart is not yet at peace with God, it is difficult for understanding to give you what to do. So that is why the believer must take his time. Listen, take your time to work on yourself, to settle in the midst of the trouble. When you settle down in the midst of the trouble, I can tell you something. You will receive understanding to know what next to do in your life. When the fire set up in our room, I was in my boxer shorts, lying down on my bed. After Sunday, I was just resting and watching football. My boxer shorts, my bread, heat. And I made my short air conditioner, my two honor. I'm going to go to the hall. And the room I started. Before they came out, the thing, smoke. The smoke made them to know that something was up. When they opened the door, ha! If I want, we ran out. I ran out with my boxer shorts. You know what boxer shorts is? I ran out with it. That's why I ran out. I, uh, I remember Romeo came with trousers uh, trying to let me wear. I said, Romeo, stop this one. <laughs> we, are, we are trying to quench something. You have given me. What is this? You are, you are, you are fortunate that it didn't come out. No, because there are some things that can chase you out naked and people have to bring your cloth. When we ran out, we came out. Then I said, put on the switch. No, the first reaction I reacted was foolish. I would have died. I went to the buckets of water to go and put off this fire. Also, the first one I threw, threw. the bucket broke. And I fell down, bam, and I got up again and collected the second one. I tried to throw it. I slipped on the, in the water that fell and landed with the bucket. They brought me the third one. I landed and I couldn't get up. Phoebe now had to come and pull me. He dragged me out. I couldn't get up again. Phoebe had to drag me. But you know what saved me? It was an electrical problem. And I'm putting water on it. And I'm standing in the same place. So if the water had gone up, it means I would have been electrocuted. 
So God had to knock me down three times until I couldn't get up. When I got up, I was like Jacob, limping in my last side. All things work together for good. And then I couldn't even get up again to try the third one. I was lying down flat because the third fall was a big fall. So Phoebe grabbed my hand like this and dragged me out. Daddy, let's go out. Let's go out. And I got up and I said, is everybody out? They said they're out. When I went out, my wife had then taken off, I don't know, on foot. <laughs> to go to, uh, <laughs> I don't know how she got there, for 40 years. She got to architect's house, went and woke them up. They too ran and came. When I got up, when I went out, then I said, Lord, what should I do about this? Listen to me. I heard it. You have a water hose. How can water hose put that fire off? I picked it. I said, Barnabas, bring me the water hose. Ideally, we use pump. Also, I've been wondering this. You know when the fire service people came, they said they cannot believe that this amount of damage, you use this thing to put it off. They can't believe it. Then I said, Barnabas, bring the water hose to the side. We put it on there. Now, ideally, when you put off all the electricity, the pump doesn't even give you a force to get water. But we brought it to the kitchen pipe. I don't know whether that's what worked. And there was enough water. Or I went to the back of the window. Broke the window glass with my hands. It, boom, boom, boom. I broke everything. They pierced my hand, but I didn't care. And then I began to look in the dust. And the smoke was coming. So I began to throw the water up like that. And they said that was the key. I don't know. I'm not a fireman. But they said, whilst I was doing this, it means the water was falling on the fire, on the bed, their clothings that were there. I think Barnabas was going to school, eh? And he had packed all his uniform. Oh, everything. I was just there doing this, spraying the whole thing. Before I realized, also, the fire in the room, I could see that no smoke is coming again. But the smoke had built in all the rooms. And people came and thought that fire was in all the rooms and they destroyed the house. The people who came, they came and destroyed my house, including the fire service. Because the smoke was in the ceiling. So all the assumption was that the fire was in the ceiling. So they would go and break here. No fire. Go and break here. Some went to the top of the building, went and removed the, the tiles. And then the fire service also quickly went into the tiles and put water. And my whole ceiling, my bedroom landed on my books, barren. In fact, they came and destroyed the thing. Holy Ghost gave me direction to put the fire. Human beings came and destroyed it. But one of the things I will tell you is that in the midst of confusion, when you are reacting, you will never get the best. But I can tell you also, when you know how to keep yourself calm, you will find a direction. Am I talking to somebody? And that's what the Lord wants. This is one of the reasons why Paul advised the Ephesian church and said let me read it from the verse 15 Ephesians chapter 1 wherefore I also offer ahead of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all saints cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers that God that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of your calling. That ye may know. 
when you have understanding, you will always know. Issachar seems to have this thing because they built up themselves and decided that we are going to build ourselves for the future. And that's what gave them that. I pray that God will help you to see your future and to do everything now to get that future. You will never remain like this. There is something ahead of you. There's some great place for you. There's some beautiful place for you. And what you need to do is to lay hold on it and tell yourself, I will get there. I will do Sometimes it's a decision you take strongly. I will make it. I will get there. And God will honor it and you shall be there. Shall we stand on our feet?